Got an email from Billy Horan, who was walking on Karen Tool and Kerry when he came across a newborn wild goat. He sent us in the video, which you can see on the website, and have a listen to its audio now. You can hear the kid goat bleating in the background there. To tell us more about wild goats, we're joined by Sinead Keane from the conservation group, the Old Irish Goat Society, with advice on what to do if you happen upon a kid goat in the hills at this time of year. Hello, Sinead. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. As Aina was kind of whispering there before we started, it's so long since we've had a guest in the studio, Aina, with, what, with COVID and everything. It's fantastic. A real like person. A it's amazing. <laughs> this is great. So, I now, was Aina down, does a lot of climbing. I was down in Glendalough yesterday. I went for a walk around Spain. I did 19,000 steps. I'm still recovering from it. But I encountered Billy goats. No, no nannies, Billy goats. Well, I smelled them before I even saw them. So presumably they're not going around and with the women at the moment that the females and the kid goats are separate from the males. They were just wandering around themselves because it is the time of year for goats to be having their young, isn't it? They are arriving. Yeah, the books have arrived into their bachelor groups and it's really the nannies and the kids are forming their own sort of little crash groups. They tend to co Are they called books and not billies? Well, it's, it's interchangeable. Books, we Irish, we tend to say book. Um, so uh, we don't see Billy go too much now I'd say in our project we call our boys the books um, but I suppose it's interchangeable <laughs> um, so yeah we're seeing a lot of them arriving in I'm just coming back from the west of Ireland uh, from our base in, in Mulrani which is where the project started and the goats Mulrani's an incredible village but it's also got goats wandering down through the town at the moment and it's the nannies out there with their babies and they kind of they raise them together it's a, a real wild instinct They're, they are raising and teaching the kids together as a collective so it's kind of it's a wonderful time to be seeing them but obviously in in this situation now it is also the time of year where we regularly get calls from people who have rescued kids and unfortunately we'd love and we'd love to get the message out there that actually as a hider species it's entirely normal but what's a hider species because you know everybody doesn't know everything because I mean the way you describe it when you were talking about Mulvaney there, I was thinking the goats are walking around the town with all the kid goats walking after them. And now you're talking about a hydro species. So are the kid goats not walking around with their mammies at the moment? How does it actually happen? Yeah, well, I suppose in the, in the, whether it's happening in the town or whether it's happening up in the mountains, the nannies will put the, hide the kids in scrub and or sometimes in sheds, sometimes in really long grass, and they'll go off and feed. And that is a continual practice up until the time that the kids are fast enough and strong enough to keep up with the nannies the nanny group and so it as a hider species that's what that refers to it's just that it's a totally normal practice for goats to to put their kids away in somewhere safe and head off and that can be for periods of up to 12 hours it, it actually can be quite a significant time and what we find is people come across them sometimes those kids get hungry as kids do and they look for the nanny uh, to um they're looking for their mom, basically. But humans hear that interaction and actually go and disturb the kid and, and think that they're doing the right thing. It's very well-meaning. We, we totally understand it's, a, it's an action out of kindness. But unfortunately, in most cases, those, ch- those kids are not abandoned and it's just a case that mom has left them to go off and graze. Yeah, mind you, a 
um, goats aren't the only species to do this. this. The deer do it as well. And the female deer leave their babies in the long grass and go on. People find the baby deer and pick it up and say it's abandoned. Hares do it as well. Absolutely. The little leverets are left. The female hare goes off to feed and the leverets are left hidden away in the long grass. So it's, I mean, you can't be taking babies. They can hardly walk. It's like leaving them in their pram while they go off and have your dinner. That's what they're essentially doing. Absolutely. So in Karen Tool or anywhere else, when you come across a, a little goat, bleating because I mean mm. they're always whinging they want mm. their food it doesn't mean that their mammy has abandoned mm. them so really unless you would find the goat stuck in a crack or in some way the, the, mm. the kid goat is actually in danger the answer is to leave it alone now, if it was in danger or had its legs stuck on a crevice or had fallen down wh- what would you do if you really thought this goat is in trouble now this kid goat's in trouble if you're sure that a goat is in distress and that is, again isn't bleating because that can be just hunger and calling for mum and if you can hear the kid mum can too um, usually uh, what we would suggest is that you cover your hand and you attempt to release the kid without making physical contact so you're not going to leave your scent on the kid. And once the kid has been released, you withdraw immediately and really withdraw from the area. The mums do, don't do go a huge distance away. They, you might be surprised, but they will not come back and collect that child, that kid. I'm going to say child, sorry. They will come back and collect the kid only when they know it's safe to do so. It's a real, it's a survival instinct. You know, even leaving them is so that they don't slow down the herd. They obviously, it takes a lot for mum to keep up the nutrition to feed a baby. So, but also the survival, they will not return if they're going to be worried about giving away that ba- that kid's location. Um, and so we would ask the public, you know, not to stick around and monitor. Really, a, a wild kid's best chances are with its mum. And so sometimes, unfortunately, the kindest thing to do, even though it may seem unnatural to do it, is to actually leave them and let nature do what it does best. But mind you, I don't suppose that the kid goat's going to be in any great trouble we don't have wolves to go and eat it. We don't have birds of prey going off with small little goats. So, I mean, what natural predators would it actually have, apart from people who have, are more kind than they should be? <laughs> Other than the humans. Um, they do have natural predators. Um, the fox is a natural predator of our goats. Um, but would you have foxes up at the top of Karen Thool? Uh, possibly not there, but um, there are actually birds of prey. And, and the golden eagle is also a natural predator. So we're kind of interested to see what the numbers, what the what the introduction, reintroduction or of the golden eagle up in Donegal, what, what way that's going to affect the goat populations. There's actually quite, I know, I've heard that before, people saying there's no natural predation. There is, the, you know, certainly in, in say, Wicklow, the fox population is obviously quite different. I don't know um, the fox population of, of those mountain areas in, Car- in Kerry. I really don't. I would imagine you're correct that it's not. But prey birds will... Well, we'll lift, we'll lift a small goat. The, the goats well, are quite small yeah, when yeah. they're little. Yeah. But I mean, we haven't a huge amount of golden eagles established yet as yeah. such. And I'd say a, a, a very cross nanny goat, because they all have horns, not just the males, would be well able to defend her, her young from an eagle or from a fox either for that matter. Uh, again, I think herd survival comes in, but actually, you know, there's also um, in the wild the amount of kids that last past the one month mark is surprisingly low. But especially in the wild herds, they give birth from January really on, and it's as you know we've had a really mild time this year. So hopefully, a lot more of them will actually make it through. But because they give birth so early uh, in in sort of late into that winter, and you know yourself, January and February can be very far from being spring uh, type weather. Um, they don't all make it. 
And does each mother goat only have one kid? Well, actually, the whole, the wild goat population in Ireland is, it's actually very diverse. I don't love the term feral goat because it's a bit reductive in terms of explaining what we have going on here in Ireland. We have an indigenous goat, which is the old Irish goat, which is obviously part of our project and is the animal that we're um, working with and and hoping to to protect. That breed has been with us on the island for 5,000 years and has co-evolved with the climate and the landscape. Over the last hundred years, modern breeds have also been introduced, so there's ingression within those herds. But goats as a species are very diverse, and so to say feral goats and lump them all in together isn't particularly representative of the situation because a modern goat will have different behaviours, different nutritional needs. They aren't as hardy as our old Irish type, so it's it, it, you know it, it, it can it can vary. Sinead, a very curious thing about this bleating baby goat. If you are a hider, the last thing you want is a baby crying. It draws attention to the baby. Now, the goat is a very well-armed animal. It's big, and it's got these beautiful big horns on it. And as you say, it's not very far away. You would think the strategy for such an animal would be to stay around and defend its youngster and not leave it there to advertise its presence and not come at all. What is going on here? Well, they've they've a very complex social structure. What we find about the wild goats is it is all about the the whole. So they're worried about herd safety. So they don't they don't want to give away their baby's location. They come sometimes in the, the video that we saw, you can see the mum is in a stare stance, which actually, you know, is a is a response to, you know, she's she's really struggling with whether to walk away or to leave and she's concerned about this human. Um even though I know that the human in the video is trying to look out for the baby. But they have a very complex social structure. So they, they operate as a herd and what we see um even within our own herds which are kind of a re-domesticated animal to a certain extent although we're trying not to overly interfere with them is the babies from the time that they're born within a few weeks practice running together and hiding together so the herd dynamics are really strong here and and obviously it's been working because they've been surviving here for a long long time so I I don't have much judgment on their survival technique I have to say because I think they're doing rather well give or take some of the the aggressions that are against them here at the moment and, and their lack of legal protection. I think they, they've got it pretty sussed, I think. Is it true, Sinead, that the old Irish goat's horns were much closer together than the subsequent introduced ones? So if you see a goat in Mulrani or anywhere else, you can check to see how close are the horns together to determine whether or not it's a true Irish one or a blow-in. Or is that valid at all? That no, it is. Um, it's one of the factors or one of the characteristics that we look for, and it's a it's a primitive breed characteristic. There's a couple of other bits. The ears are quite specific. They're usually always pricked up and kind of rounded on the edges. Obviously, you've got that beautiful coat, and the old Irish is not that you're going to get that close probably to check this, but they do have a <laughs> lovely cashmere layer. If you can get your hands in to have a look at inside of their coat, they've got a long layer that's their waterproof layer, and then during the winter time they develop a cashmere layer. That's that's part of their cold weather goat adaptation, which they've got from living here. Um, so you won't necessarily find a cashmere in some of the modern breeds, but there's a number of characteristics. They've got a lovely dish shape in their head as well. Um, Sorry, the, what, what shape? <laughs> we call it a dish shape. It's dish. A, a dish shape. Oh, it's dish, kind okay. of a, it's a strange kind of almost like a scoop out of the skull. I'm not sure I'm 
doing an amazing job of describing <laughs> that. <laughs> and the, and the old Irish goats any smellier than any of the other ones because the ones I saw in Glendalough yesterday, you could smell them long before you saw them. There was some whiff of them. And I love the smell of goats. Yeah, but I didn't say. I said the whip up, but I mean, are there, are there, is this, that's is a great the, line. Is the spell of the old Irish goat more pungent, more strong, seen, spelled from a longer distance than an old McDonald's well, I hope I'm job. not letting you down here, Aina, but I haven't gone around sniffing different types and trying to compare them. But <laughs> ah, you don't get out enough. <laughs> I know. Well, listen, give me more time. But I'll try and get out there and do that. But you know, um, the, the, that smell. And he said about the books. They're not that scented at this time of the year but the books do like to decorate themselves in their urine during just prior to the rut to attract nannies now it's not for everyone but the nannies love it and that's a time of year that yes we might give them a little bit more of a wider birth which is when September is it it is from September and October yeah they, and they, they go into kind of a training mode what we do in our project because we well first of all I mean, the books actually don't need to fight for females because it's a quite an organised affair and they're matched and DNA testing is all done in advance. And so it's not that romantic and they definitely don't need to fight because we've got it all. They'll be on a speed dating session um, and it's all quite well, organised. You control their breeding and you don't leave them off. They're matchmakers. You know, we don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'm not. I'm, that's not my job within the project. Oh, area, but it is somebody. Somebody's doing yeah, it. No. Somebody's a Barry Fitzgerald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We also choose to have have our babies a little bit later in the year so that they have a better chance. So our babies won't arrive until the end of March now and uh, we are due approximately 26, 27 babies in, in the Hoth project. No, in, in the Hoth, Hoth project. Hoth, Hoth, we have yeah. about another 10 coming to Mulrani. So it's really exciting. Um, you asked a question and I'm so sorry but I just realised uh, about singles versus twins. In the primitive breeds, Twins are really not a very regular thing. They're much, much less common. Um, and also we we know with the old Irish goat milk, they have a very highly nutritious milk, but that's also a survival adaptation because, of course, if you're on a mountain, you want to baby, feed baby fast and well. And so although the yield is much lower, the quality is excellent and, and a really highly nutritious milk. So it's quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Exactly. Anyway, Sinead, lovely to meet you. Thank you Thank for coming you so in. Much for and feel me. free to pop in that door anytime you're passing. I will, of course. All I'll right. try and bring a goat, baby goat, one time. <laughs>